Jason Shiga. Yes, and I am Jesse Fuchs, and welcome to Jason Shiga Plays Dark Souls, uh, a podcast in which uh, Jason Shiga, a cartoonist of note, uh, will be playing through the game Dark Souls uh, blind for the first time, uh, and it's pretty much the first time you've, you've seriously played a video, you know, a, a non-mobile whatever video game in about 10 years, as far as I know. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, the, la- the last one I played was uh, Katamari Damashi. Uh, our friend, uh, our mutual friend Ben Catmull, uh, gave me his, uh, his old PlayStation. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I quite enjoyed, uh, Katamari Damashi. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I wasn't, uh, used to the, the 3D games. Um, but, uh, but now I think, uh, yeah, I thought I was ready for Dark Souls, so I gave it a shot. Excellent. Yeah, I uh, well, Dark Souls replaced Katamari as my I guess favorite video game if I have to pick one. Uh, I'm not big on like having you know super favorites or whatever, but people ask and then you got to have a response. And and yeah, I think funnily enough, those would be the the, the two. Uh, and and Katamari is 3D, but it does not involve the sort of 3D camera thing that that stymies a lot of people. It, like it has those tank controls that are kind of eccentric in their own way, but once you get used to them, feel pretty natural. Yes. Uh, yeah, it kind of reminded me of, uh, oh, what was uh, Robotron, where you have the, the two joysticks? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's that same sort of muscle memory. I mean, it, it's it's actually quite similar to what I was thinking of as Battlezone. I don't know if you remember playing Battlezone, the old Atari arcade game. Uh, yeah, but it literally has that, like, you know, one joystick up, one joystick down, turns you this way uh, sort of uh, control structure that, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, Katamari is is absolutely wonderful, and uh, but not the game that we're playing this time. This time, you are playing Dark Souls. So, so what what inspired you? I know Ben Catmull uh, is a huge Souls player, also an absolutely fantastic cartoonist. Uh, but yeah, I, when I came out and visited you guys a few years ago, when I was going to GDC, I hung out in his couch and. Um, uh, you know, played uh, some of his Demon Souls character and uh, lost him a bunch of souls, unfortunately. Uh, but um, but yeah, was 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 he uh, was he your inspiration, or was there something else? Uh, well, I guess. Well, let me let me back up a little bit. I I suppose I should tell uh, our listeners a little bit more about myself. Uh, I've been uh, I've been drawing comics for about twenty years. Um, I'm most well known for uh, a choose-your-own-adventure comic I did for children called Meanwhile, and most recently I uh, finished up a series called Demon for First Second. Um, and uh, I guess uh, the project I'm working on now is a another uh, sort of choose-your-own-adventure or interactive comic. Uh, based on, uh, kind of loosely based on uh, the original Legend of Zelda, uh, the one that came out in the the eighties for the for the Nintendo, um, and uh, someone I forget oh it was on a podcast I was listening to uh, someone said uh, Dark Souls was a lot like uh, the Legend of Zelda. So I thought I would uh, try Dark Souls, and uh, I remember uh, you telling me uh, a lot about this game, and uh, I thought I would give it a try. Excellent. I uh, yeah no I, I a lot of people I I basically the original Legend of Zelda, which is very, you know it, it shares that characteristic of you can kind of wander wherever you want and get into trouble and. There's kind of an order to things, but, you know, a lot of it is that sort of mysteriousness of exploration and uh, a certain difficulty level, although I think uh, in both cases, maybe it's a little overstated and we'll, we'll get to how that uh, uh, stymied you briefly. Um, but uh, but so you, and you are playing it. You have a, a basically a Windows desktop, right? Uh, that's right. And and uh, the first thing that I'm burning with curiosity about I, and I didn't look this up but you told me that you've been you've 
we're going to try to break this up so it's, you know, one episode is one area or part of an area. Uh, and at this point of recording, you've made it into Undead Burg and are tooling around uh, there. Uh, but you've played it this far using mouse and keyboard. That's uh, right. Which is very impressive, and I don't actually know how that how that works. Uh, and I and I, I think you will find the game considerably easier when you when you get uh, a controller for which it was intended. Because uh, you know I was I played a little last night, uh, started a new character just to kind of you know get myself in the right frame of mind. Um, and it really is a controller built or a control scheme built around a controller because most of the time, certainly in combat, you've got you know, your left thumb on the left stick for moving, your uh, left index finger on the on the shield button, basically, uh, and then your right thumb is maybe on the uh, right stick for camera or lock-on, but probably more drifting towards the dodge button uh, or the heel button. And your right index finger is, you know, doing either a light attack or a heavy attack. And it's, it is almost a little Katamari-ish in that, like, you, you know, there's a little claw you attack the controller with and it, and it feels very natural. Uh, whereas on mouse and keyboard, so what is the rotating the mouse or moving the mouse rotates the camera, I assume? Uh, that's right. And then uh, I guess the uh, the keys, uh, A, S, D, and W, uh, kind of make you go forwards and backwards. Right. So that's left that's right. the left stick and the right stick. But how do you attack and block and uh use your you know items and stuff uh so let's see uh attacking is the uh the left mouse button uh okay. using your shield is the right mouse button hmm uh and then uh drinking the uh drinking your energy drink is the the key r okay and what about dodge? Uh, wait, what's dodge? <laughs> oh no! Oh, I, this game's gonna get a lot easier. I may, I may have not dodged in this game yet. Um, that's uh, plenty of people. So, so one of the great uh, Dark Souls playthroughs is called K Place Dark Souls, which I found out about by reading the book You Died, uh, a Dark Souls anthology or a, a collection of Dark Souls essays. Uh, and Kay uh, was a woman who uh, hadn't really played these sorts of video games before also uh, and just kind of goes through it in this very thoughtful and observant way and it really pays off uh, like how much you can you can play Dark Souls through just sort of paying attention not doing anything dumb or you know or learning when you do things dumb etc but yeah one of the things was that she learned to dodge at the beginning of the game because there's that little message that's like press this button to dodge and immediately forgot it existed for like the next 10 hours of the playthrough. <laughs> uh, but basically managed to get pretty far into the game before she hit a situation where it kind of, you know, inspired her to remember and, and it all worked out. Uh, so, so yeah, you've made it to Undeadburg uh, using mouse and keyboard without the ability to dodge. I assume also, so when you say left mouse is attack, that's sort of the light attack and you probably don't have, uh, or not using the heavy attack yet. Uh... Yeah, well, what's a heavy attack? Uh, well, I guess let's back up. What character did you pick? Uh, I picked, um, oh, uh, I, I don't remember the names of the, uh, of the different yeah, races. What, what, but what's it look I, like? Uh, he looks like a, kind of like a thief with, uh, with, you know, like a bandana around his, uh, Oh, his mouth. The, so, yeah, the thief, so the knife and the little shield. Yes. Oh God! Oh wow! You really did. Uh, yeah, yeah. This game, this game could get a lot easier. You, uh, I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you uh, you start again from the beginning. I think it'll be fun to be the thief. And the thing is, in Dark Souls, I don't know if this has become clear yet, but like your starting class is not a hard barrier in any way, right? It just determines you start with these stats and this equipment, but. If you find a wand and want to start and buy some spells from someone, you know, you can start doing magic, whatever. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a, I'm, I'm very impressed. You've, 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 wow. And we'll get to you battling with the skeletons in the graveyard. But yeah, that bandit knife is, is not particularly fantastic against them. Um, 
Well, when, they don't. They don't. Whenever bleed. I played D and D as a kid, I always, uh, I always wanted to be a thief and sneak around. So, uh, well, I think it'll be especially good because uh, for this playthrough, because the thief does come with the master key. Uh, so I don't. I, I don't know what you picked as your uh, gift object at the beginning. Uh, I picked the master key. Oh. Well, then you have two master keys, I guess. <laughs> uh, the the good news is none of the other gifts are really that awesome anyway. Uh, the master key really is the game changing one. Uh, but yeah, the th- you could have picked the whatever the divine blessing or you know some healing item because the thief actually comes with the master key. Uh, so and that without uh, I'm going to try to spoil as little as possible for you while you know occasionally nudging you in the right direction so that this doesn't get too frustrating. Uh, but yeah, the master key allows you to uh, really Zelda it up in terms of going to places that, you know, maybe you should go to now, maybe you should go to in 20 hours. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, oh, wait. So so backing up a bit, um, yep. I, I noticed with all the, the different classes, uh, they're, they're kind of similar to uh, the different races that you can pick uh, when you're playing D&D, Dungeons and Dragons. Do you know if uh, the creators of this game uh, were were big Dungeons and Dragons players or fans, um, or if they were influenced I know, by that at all? I mean, you know, D and D is such the trunk of the tree that uh, that clearly the game was influenced by D and D at least indirectly, very heavily, right? But my understanding is actually that a lot of the kind of juice of, of Dark Souls setting and what it comes from is, so the guy who made it, he's a fascinating guy, and I won't, I won't drone on about his story too much, but he's really an interesting and anomalous figure in uh, video games because he, he's this guy, Hidetaka Miyazaki, who was working at Oracle, and he was like 30-ish, and he was like a... He, he grew up fairly poor, which will be relevant in a second. And he, you know, sort of strove to get like a good upper middle class secure job, uh, was doing that at Oracle, doing something or other. Uh, and then when he was like 30 or 31, he played, I believe it was Eco or Shadow of the Claw. No, it must have been Eco. Uh, the, have you ever played Eco or Ico? Or seen uh, it? I did, actually. Uh, I didn't get very far, though. Yeah, but I mean, it's a very atmospheric, like you can see how, like, that's a game that people come across, uh, like Shadow of the Colossus, or Another World is kind of the the uh, original of all that from uh, 90 or 91, the French game, uh, which inspired the guy who made Eco to, like, he was like, wow, I didn't realize video games could do that. Uh, Miyazaki saw Eco and basically quit his job at Oracle to work at a very low level at the chumpiest the most shovelware video game company in Japan at that point from software, uh, who made a lot of interesting eccentric games in the late 90s, early 2000s, but my, and, and made Armored Core, which is a very uh, beloved cult game about big robots that you can customize using like spreadsheets to your heart's content. Um, but yeah, he, and that doesn't apparently happen too often in Japan, where, you know, that you're not gonna be in your early 30s and just start over in career. Uh, at a video game company just, you know, doing quality assurance because you want to work there so much. Uh, and now he's the president. Like, it's one of those, like, like he got to take over Demon Souls because it was a disaster. Uh, and he was like, I'll do it. And then Demon Souls was this, like, slow-growing cult hit uh, that led to Dark Souls, which is where it all blew up. And, yeah, now he's basically in charge, which is just one of those, like, you know, if you read it in a novel, like, you'd be like, yeah, this is a little contrived <laughs> kind of stories. Right. Uh, but anyway, to go back to his childhood and the whole D&D thing, my understanding is that he, yeah, he didn't grow up with much money and would go to the library a lot. And what the library did have a lot of was actually Warhammer books and uh, Steve Jackson's sorcery. And uh, so the sort of British dark, like, you know, under the thumb of Thatcher kind of uh, fantasy that springs out of D&D, but is a lot grimier. And like, you know, Warhammer had all sorts of, uh, you know, here's how your limbs can get lopped off rules and stuff like that. Uh, and the Steve Jackson sorcery books are very atmospheric. And if anyone who's listening likes Dark Souls a lot, which I assume you probably do, uh, you might want to check out the, uh, the app versions of those uh, Steve Jackson sorcery books because they do feel very uh, connected uh, in tone uh, to the Souls games. And yeah, my understanding is that he, he could read some English, but not a lot of it. 
And a lot of the soul's flavor comes from kind of this creative misprision of trying to figure out this these Western fantasy tropes and kind of getting half of it. Oh, um, wait, so the, the sorcery books weren't translated into Japanese. That's my understanding. I could be wrong, but I, I recall reading an interview with him, with Miyazaki, where he basically said that, yeah, he was kind of getting half of it. Okay. And, and really liking the pictures. Like, definitely, if you look at the... Uh, illustrations in those sorcery books like they're not super you know like souls but way more so than your average uh D, &D stuff of the period certainly yeah um, I, you know i remember uh i think it was uh what's the i think it's the second sorcery book where you go into uh the big city yes uh, uh city kare city of traps <laughs> um yeah I, I i still remember this uh one illustration from that book where uh you go, you go into a bathroom that's so disgusting that <laughs> you vomit and lose like five stamina points. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I remember. Oh, there's a lot of illustrations in that. There's the one where there's the crazy pulley system because uh, you wake up and so you're, you go to an inn and, and the guy who runs it's insane and has, has put you in some sort of elaborate trap where if you push or pull, you know, whichever one's wrong, you get your head chopped off. Oh, uh, I remember that. I I remember looking at the illustration to figure out whether I should push or pull. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's why it stuck in my head. Is you actually have to stare at it for like 30 seconds, but it's also a very, very creepy illustration. So, so you pick the thief character, yes. uh, and you uh, you watch the uh, opening cutscenes. So, so yes. and a lot of time I'm just going to ask you. So, what do you think of that? And uh, yeah, what did you? There's basically two opening cutscenes. There's the one that's the lore one, and then the one where it's like going through the dungeon, telling you this is your fate. Um, so, did you make heads or tails out of the first one? Uh, uh, not yeah, not really. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all i all, all i got was there were there used to be dragons and then uh, the lords killed them and then somehow uh i'm not sure how and then they named off the lords but then yep. uh i forgot their names that's fine <laughs> <laughs> my advice is to go back and like start a new character and watch it again in 30 to 40 hours and be like oh okay okay that's that okay but yeah at this point that's that's about as much as you need to get out of it there were some dragons and then they died okay. uh wait and but... then there were lords and then there's the age of darkness is upon us or something okay so okay so basically we're we're living in some sort the the game is set in some sort of uh some dark ages or yeah, the embers are the the fires burning out, right? The basic structure is there was there were dragons and like things never changed. It was kind of a pre-time, and then the lords come along, and then it's the age of lords, and there's lots of shiny things and fire. Uh, but now the fires are burning out, and people are starting to get these dark signs, uh, which uh, you know teleport them back to a checkpoint, um, and uh, you know very very. Uh, you know, convenient video game uh, lore. Uh, okay, well. And uh, yeah, and, and things are burning out, basically. And your job, you've gone, you're, you've gone to Lord Ran after you get, you know, out of the asylum. And uh, you're, you're going around doing some, I don't know, figuring out what happened to the Lords. Okay, so, so right away, I have a question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which is, uh, I, it, I'm, I'm led, if, yeah, if this is true, I'm led to believe that there are no more dragons. And yet, I I believe I have already seen a dragon in this game. Ah, yes, the 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 dragon of foreshadowing that lands in front of you when you head into Undead Burg. I, yes, I'm guessing. Yeah, I guess I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but I saw yeah, yeah I saw a dragon, and then I I just ran back un underground to hide from him. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a. What's interesting is I'm I'm ninety nine percent positive that is a in like 
one nice thing about Dark Souls is it's very sparing with the cutscenes and the sort of non-modal stuff, right, where it pulls you out. Um, and I'm pretty sure that dragon is just an asset in the world that clomps down there and that if it hit you would do, you know, death-dealing damage. But I've actually run at it uh, trying to get hit by it, and I don't think you can. Um, so I think its placement is, and the placement of the dragon trigger is such that uh, it can't actually uh, screw you up uh, as much as I've tried. Um, but yeah, but that, well, uh, it is technically a drake. Um, and, and as you'll come across, uh, if you, uh, do some things to it. Um, but yeah, and, and there's a distinction there that, uh, so I'm, I, I know the lore of Dark Souls, but I will admit I'm not a huge, that's, that's not the, the big draw for me. Okay. Um, I, uh, but I, I, I have played this game so many times that it's all in my head. So certainly feel free to ask any questions. But yeah, I, I, the distinction between a drake and a dragon, drakes are little dragons that aren't really dragons or something. Okay. Uh, but he's still big enough to, you know, mess you up. Um, but, uh, so, so right. So then you get the second cutscene, which is just them saying, well, you, you've got the dark sign, so you're stuck in this cell and you're going to be here forever. Until a mysterious knight drops a, a skeleton on you that has a shiny thing. Yes. Um... And then you wake up. So, so let me ask you this. How much time did you spend customizing your character's appearance uh, before you start the game? Uh, I did not spend very much time on that. Uh, That's good. <laughs> I, I think I just tried to make him look like myself. You know, I wanted to give him like a similar uh, weight, height, and complexion as me. But beyond that... Uh, but I you didn't did. go into yeah because you can actually like uh it's it's not a particularly user-friendly system but you can get very very specific with like your glabella length or whatever um but and then of course that uh, the game starts and you realize you're gonna look like beef jerky no matter what um <laughs> so it's always funny when someone spends like a half hour like and there is a way to get back your you know beautiful human form but but it's a nice punchline um so so yeah you wake up uh, still, and I will point out as a Dark Souls nerd, uh, you're, you're fully armored. They do throw you in there fully armored, which I am convinced uh, was not originally the case, but they just realized making people learn how to put their armor on uh, was so onerous that they'll just throw you in there with all your armor on. Uh, but I think it would be a little more dramatically pleasing if you had just been, just appeared as, you know, a full-on piece of beef jerky. Um <laughs> But uh, but then you, you know, you get up, you learn how keys work by picking up a key and using a key. Uh, so how how peaceable were you in that first tunnel? Because uh, they give you little messages, right, about like, That's right. This, this is attack. Did you test it out on that poor cowering guy? <laughs> I did. Well, well, first of all, getting back to the key, I thought uh, I thought that this uh, that this key I chose as my gift would get me out of the cell, but it didn't. Nice. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, thankfully this, uh, this friendly knight who, uh, who, who tossed this, uh, this dead body into my cell was, uh, uh, had a, had a key on him. Yep. And, uh, oh, right. What button do you hit to, to pick stuff up and do, do things? Cause on a controller, uh, I guess it'd be X. Uh, on the keyboard, it's the letter E. Fair enough. Um... Uh, so then you, uh, so yeah, so you go through that tunnel. Did you, uh, anything you noticed in that, in that first area? Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there is, uh, you know, there's some, uh, some weird zombie creature hanging out there. Um, and so, uh, I think I just, uh, just hit him with, uh, with my sword until he died. All right. First, <laughs> first enemy defeated. Well, the yes. game does encourage you to do that. There's no, you know, there's no moral penalty. Uh, but he doesn't attack back. He's just trying to live his life. Um, did you did you notice anything over to the right when you were walking through that tunnel? Did you look through the the grate into the the big area? Oh no, I I walked right past it. Was there okay. something important uh, well, there? There was some foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, but but don't worry about it. Uh, okay. Nothing 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 to trouble your head over. 
Uh, so let's see, then, I mean, I can see this in my head, basically, you walk through that tunnel, then you, you basically, you walk into a room where there's a, a dude who's sitting in a pool, uh, of water, and, uh, and that's kind of supposed to teach you about lock-on, right, because they give you a little message. Oh, right, that's a question. Do you know about locking on to enemies? Uh, yes, that is the letter Q on the keyboard. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, that's another one where sometimes for the first like 10 hours people miss it and I'm like wow you're really good at this game because <laughs> you're like yeah it's kind of hard I you know I only got to blah and you know and, I'm, and they're like and yeah it's hard to hit the enemies because they're always the camera's moving I'm like hmm uh, yeah uh, so yeah lock on is very helpful uh, although it, there does I mean if you're a super expert player you actually do not you know you take lock on off a lot because then you're you have such control over what you're doing you're, you can do more stuff um, but yes I recommend lock on and using your shield at this point um, well so I don't think yeah. I had a shield oh yeah well not not at this exact point in the tutorial but yes uh, but, right, just like, you know, definitely you can get to an advanced point where you do everything two-handed and never use a shield, but but for now, shield's good. Uh, so, so yeah, tell me tell me uh, any thoughts you had in this, in basically the first pre-bonfire portion where they're just easing you in. Um, let's see, well, uh, I, guess, I guess I should say I'm not... Um... Uh, I'm not super good with uh, 3D games yet, so I kept walking into walls a lot, uh, or, you know, kind of uh, getting stuck in corners, but uh, I eventually figured my way through the corridor, and uh, and I guess, um, I can't remember exactly, uh, I think around the corner there was a guy shooting arrows at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no, uh, that comes a little later. That's after the bonfire and the first, and you first encounter the the big boss. Oh, that's right. So, um, so right. So you you you, uh, you go through that area. You go up the ladder of the well, uh, and then you uh, you hit that first bonfire. And uh, how did yeah? How did that strike you? Uh, well, I I guess I know what the bonfire means now, but at the time I. I, uh, I didn't really. Uh, I think I think they explained it a little bit, uh, but um, but yeah, uh, it was it was nice to get some some light in the game. It's uh, it's kind of a dark game. So you were just like, well, okay, there's a there's a bonfire, and I can sit at it, and that's and that is thematically pleasant, as the most thematically pleasant thing that's happened yet. So sure, but but the 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 concept of them as this checkpoint that resets things uh, isn't explained yet. Yes. Um, and then uh, yeah, I mean the tutorial area is interesting because it is like this little fractal, like it is trying to teach you everything through doing, right? Uh, so it's this little miniature version of the game in a way. So the other thing that's in that courtyard with the bonfire is a door that you can't, it tells you, you know, I can't, you can't open it from this side, which is, you know, a very short term foreshadowing of like, oh, you'll be able to open this when you go around. Uh, but I don't know if you encountered that before or you just went up to the big door. That is obviously the, the attractive one. Uh, I think, yeah, I think I actually tried to open it with, uh, with my, my gift key, uh, which, uh, which, uh, didn't work again. So I was, I was kind of mad <laughs> yeah, that I, his, that his I key. this, what kind <laughs> this of a key. thief am I? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was very disappointed in the key at this point. Uh, but then, uh, but yeah, and then I, uh, I went through the, uh, through the, uh, the big doors and, uh. I think uh, on the other side was uh, was the uh, the giant uh, the giant. Yeah, what's he called? The the something <laughs> demon, not the asylum demon. The uh, yeah, whatever. The the first guy. Um, now, had you been reading the little messages on the ground up to this point? Were you being uh, studious about those, or were you just sort of blowing by them? Uh, yeah, I was I was reading all the little messages. So did the comic timing work? Where I and I I think this is just wonderfully executed. Where if you are doing that and you go into that room, right, the 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 big guy doesn't drop. 
until you sort of trigger a certain point that's right around the message in the room. Uh, and so it's got this timing where if you walk up to the message normally and you click it and it says like run away, there's a good three quarters of a second where you're like, well, run away from what? And then, you know, thud. And you're like, oh, right. Um, I don't know if you had that, that sequence of events occur. I did. And then I ran away. Yes. <laughs> so did you, <laughs> did you die that first time or did you find the exit? Uh, I managed to find the exit. Oh, nice. It was, I guess it was, I was positioned, so it was, it was right in front of me. And, uh, yeah, I just ran, I just ran for the exit. Yeah, there's a lot of, I do feel like there's a lot of implicit, like, keep your cool kind of lessons in this first area. Because, like, it's not hard to get away from that guy as long as you don't panic. Uh, like, the exit is lit by torches, you know, like, they're, they're not trying to hide it from you. But I've seen so many people just, like, you know, just run around freaking out. Uh, going back up to that door, it doesn't open. You know, going up to the <laughs> other door, it doesn't open. Uh, getting squooshed. Um, yeah, I guess... And, the master key probably didn't work there either. Nope. Uh, but if you do get squooshed, you just go back to that bonfire like five seconds before. And it's actually like, I think they want you to get squooshed at least once uh, so that you learn that mechanic. Um, but you did not. And you encountered the next bonfire, which is very, you know, pretty closely placed. Uh, you, yeah, you, you go through that uh, tunnel. The door closes behind you. You hit another bonfire. And that's where, right, the arrow boy shows up. Yes. Um, and that encourages you to learn the next part of the tutorial, which is how do I equip things? Uh, so yeah, so now, so right, a big difference between this and the original Legend of Zelda. The original Legend of Zelda is, you know, on some level an action RPG, uh, but the RPG elements are, are relatively light. Whereas here, uh, you got menus, you got all that stuff that you probably haven't dealt with in decades, uh, you know. I don't know. When's the last time you played a, a computer game that had, like, stats like that? Um, uh, this might be the first, actually. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Maybe, uh, I guess if you count Legend of Zelda, uh, you know, there's that screen you go to with all your weapons and... Right. There's uh, equipment and there's some, I mean, you get more hearts. How many bombs and, yeah. you have, how many... How much money you have all right so that's uh, but that's the most extensive dnd ish kind of uh uh character rpg type stuff you've dealt with yeah um i wasn't you know i wasn't used to uh this game where you know you go to the uh you go to your stats and there's you know a giant spreadsheet of numbers uh that you have no idea what they all mean yeah um it uh yeah, well, well, I'll give you some some broad tips on like which of those numbers to pay attention to and which you can basically ignore. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll save that for uh, next episode. But I, uh, I don't know what the obvious ones are. Yeah, you know the attack damage of your weapon. Um, oh, one quirk is that shields are technically weapons, so they tell you it's attack damage, but you can kind of ignore that. You don't care about that number, even though they kind of put it up front for the shields. Uh, which is essentially a formatting issue. Uh, what matters with shields is uh, the amount of percent of damage they prevent and their stability. And so the shield you start with is a tiny metal shield, so it's got terrible stability but prevents a good amount of damage. Um, and uh, is basically a parrying shield, which is a, a advanced technique that I don't you probably don't actually know the button for, so I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. And the timing on it is pretty rough, so you, I would save it for later. But I would say, I mean, that's a pretty good shield, but if you if you find yourself getting decimated a lot, maybe try to find a more normal, uh, non-kind of expert shield. Okay. Let's see. Other things. Oh, okay. So here's one. I'm just going to give you one bit of stat advice uh, that should be helpful and is pretty easy to understand, uh, which is equipment load. Right, so here will be my, my, my one lesson for the, for the episode, uh, okay. which is how to deal with equipment. Um, so you have a number that is governed by your endurance, which is how much equipment you can, you know, the amount of pounds of equipment you can carry, right? Okay. And by carry, I mean have equipped. You have a video game endless bag 
uh, where you can you can be holding 80 pieces of armor and it doesn't matter, right? Okay. Uh, but if you're wearing one of those pieces of armor, that weight counts towards your weight. And when it says, I forget the exact thing, but it says, you know, equipment load, and it'll say like 12.1 slash 54.0, which means right now your load is 12.1, your maximum load is 54. Okay. Um, so the key thing is that there are breakpoints that if you are below a quarter of your maximum, which as the thief you start at, you are basically fast. You do the leapy roll uh, and you dodge, you dodge well, basically. If you okay. are between a quarter and a half, you're at medium. And so you're fine, but you're, you're, not, you're not jumpy. Uh, and if you go above half, you're basically doing fat roll. Uh, which uh, if you had a controller with vibration, like every time you roll, it's going to vibrate and your roll is kind of comically uh, somersaulty. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the one thing to, you know, to min-max that's pretty simple is because, you know, generally heavier equipment, like I was thinking of this because I was saying, you know, maybe get a bigger shield, uh, but essentially try to always keep yourself, you know, right below one of those equipment breaks. Um, or at least not right above, uh, because if you're right above, then you're not gaining a lot for it, and you're you're going to be slower. Okay. Um, and if if the you know if the equipment loadout that you want is right above your your break point, then you know put a few points into your stamina uh, next time you level up, and that's how you fix that. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, in terms of stats in general, if you're not sure what to put points into, vitality or endurance are always good. Um, don't put points into resistance because it's pretty situational and you can almost always use some equipment to do that. Other than that, you know, go with what your heart desires. Okay. Um, all right, so that that's that's enough uh, mechanics stuff for one episode. But yeah, uh, <clears throat> breakpoints are a quarter and a half. That that's the takeaway. Um, so yeah, let's let's get through the tutorial area and then we will call the day. Okay. Uh, uh, there's actually a fair amount more. Uh, come to think of it, because because right then okay, so you you get your shield, you shield yourself from that guy's arrows, which do very little damage, but you know are basically there to prompt you to do a thing right, um, so i should say i kind of made a mistake which is i didn't see uh that there was a room off to the side with the shield in it <clears throat> ah uh so i just ran ran at this guy who was shooting arrows at me and uh i managed to uh i managed to get him before before i was killed by arrows uh, I mean, they, they do float at you in a very dreamlike, slow way. That is something I really like about Dark Souls, is, like, all missile weapons. Are, it is like being in a nightmare, where, like, you could get away, but you can't kind of speed. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's where you pick up your knife as well, right? At the end of that tunnel? Right. Uh, I think so. And how did you find the, like, figuring out how to equip stuff? Was that... Uh, a nightmare, or did it? Did you figure it out? Uh, or I, both? <laughs> I can't remember how I figured it out, but somehow, uh, for some reason, I went back down the corridor and uh, I found the room with the shield in it. Oh, good. Oh, but uh, and, and getting into the menus where you actually put that stuff where you need it was was handleable. Yeah. All right. Uh, so yeah, so that guy, that cowardly arrow guy, runs away. Uh, you chase him down, you stab him with your knife. That's very satisfying. Uh, and then you get the next uh, thing that actually doesn't do a huge amount of damage, but is clearly there to teach you a lesson, the boulder, or the ball. Oh, yeah. Um, so I assume you got smooshed by the ball. I did. Yeah. It was It was like uh, <laughs> it was like Indiana Jones, you know, when that yeah. giant boulder comes rolling down out of nowhere. And, uh, yeah, then that's, I will say that, well, I'm not going to say that that kind of thing never happens again. I do feel like this primes you a little too much to expect those sorts of, like, out-of-nowhere traps, which is actually not, not, you don't need to be that paranoid when you're playing this game. And, uh, but yeah, that, that ball, how long did it take you to realize that the ball had broken the wall? Uh, I guess right away, because, uh, the next time I was there, I was... Well, I was expecting the ball to come rolling down again. Right. Uh, 
so I, you know, I was, uh, I was walking very slowly up the stairs and ready to, uh, to, you know, to leap off the stairwell at the, uh, you know, should the ball come rolling down, but it never came down. And, uh, I went back down the stairs and I saw this, uh, this giant hole in the wall. Right. So, so did you die and respawn? Is that why you were expecting the ball to come again? Or did you uh, just... Uh, I died and respawned. How did you die? Uh, the boulder smushed me. Oh, really? The boulder, yes. you were low enough health at that point. Oh, because of the arrows. Yes. Right. Because I was going to say, the boulder, again, it, you know, it does some damage, but it does less than it kind of uh, thematically implies. Like, it's definitely there to just sort of like, uh, uh, uh. uh but yeah, I guess, yeah, if you, if you already, you don't have your healing flask yet. Uh, so if you've gotten arrowed a bunch, then yeah, that's okay. Great. The boulder was your first death. That is a, a perfect, as a delightful first death. <laughs> uh, and so then you, and I guess that's when you figured out the, uh, oh, the bonfires are basically yes. respawn checkpoints. Yes. Um, excellent. So then, and yeah, it is, I mean, there, there's certain things that are a little semi-arbitrary about what respawns and what doesn't. Because uh, as you, as I think they tell you, and I'm sure you discovered, like when you rested a bonfire, all the enemies come back. Right. Um, except, as you'll find out, certain kind of mini bosses don't. Um, huh. And so occasionally you'll be like, oh, I, huh, where's that thing I killed last time and then died? So yeah, so then, then you talk to what's his name, Oscar. So the, the boulder is kind of like a mini boss almost. Yeah, weirdly, it is kind of grouped in the mini boss. Uh, that realm of things that happen once and then once they do, they're done. Um, you go over to the left of that area and there is a shiny that you're not able to get. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one, right? That if you go the other way, not the boulder way, but over to the left when you go through that uh, that fog gate. Oh, right, the fog gate. Uh, did, that, did you expect something terrible on the other end? Uh, wait, there was a... Oh, uh, no, I didn't. Um, wait, is there a fog gate when you get up to the... Yeah, the first fog gate is, you go through it and then you're just like, oh, okay, I'm just standing, you know, overlooking the first bonfire area. Oh, and, that's, right, uh, that's right, Nothing seems to be happening. Uh, so it's kind of a, a little fake out uh, before the, the second fog gate, you know, uh, right. is, is the one with the big boy. So, so yeah, uh, I don't know. There's other stuff you do there, but just tell me your reactions to everything up until the big boy. Uh, so actually, um, I did, I did uh, go to the left uh, the first time I went through that foggy. Um, and uh, I guess it, uh, it kind of ends in a, a, a dead end over to the left-hand side. And uh, I think... Um, I told you before, uh, I don't have a lot of experience with 3D games, so I kind of, I kind of got stuck in this dead end, um, uh, and couldn't figure out how to, how to turn around, um, mm. for, for a while, but I eventually figured out how to, uh, how to get out of there, um, and, uh, after I got out, I went, uh, I went up the stairs and got smushed by the boulder the first time. But the uh, but the next time uh, when I went through the hole, I found uh, I found this uh, this mysterious knight character. Um, I assume he was the the same one who helped me earlier. Yep. Um, and uh, yeah, he he seemed like a, a nice, helpful person, and uh, he told me about some bells that need to be rung, which I assume is the the point of the game or the the object of that, the it, 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 yeah that is the MacGuffin certainly is the <laughs> ring the bells uh, and and yeah I mean this is pretty you know the game is pretty light on NPC dialogue but definitely when they tell you stuff like that you know make a mental note of okay gotta, gotta ring some bells I guess uh, so yeah uh, or wait did, I think he said something like there's not just one bell there's two bells that's the second guy that's the guy at Firelink Shrine the uh, crestfallen warrior the gloomy oh, yeah. gloomy Gus <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, that's right. Yes, Oscar tells you there is a bell 
And uh, there's a saying among our family, and it's some impossibly long, convoluted thing that no one would actually like have as an aphorism. You know, the people who uh, go here are chosen as the undead, and blah blah blah. Um, but the important thing is he uh, he gives you a mission. He gives you a healing flask, the single most useful item in the game. Um, the item, the one item that never ever leaves your item belt. Uh, and um, yeah, it gives you a key. Yes. Finally, uh, a key yes. more useful than the master key that I was given. It'll it'll pay off, I promise. Uh, you'll see. Any, uh, I will say, anytime you see like this opens with master key, think twice before trundling on. Um, yeah, no, he uh, he lets you through that thing with the guy who pushed the boulder, uh, and then there's again a kind of a tutorialized like you know learn by doing battle where there's those three guys, and you kind of learn a little about. Uh, I don't know if you know the term kiting. No. What's kiting? Kiting is a video game term of like, because, you know, these guys are kind of, they're dopes. They have their aggro radius where like you trigger them and then, you know, they're just standing there until you trigger them and then they come for you. Uh, and kiting is kind of like baiting one guy away from a group so you can, you don't have to fight them all at once. Okay. Um, and uh, I don't know. Did you, did you sort of intuitively do that or did you just go in there and uh, screw them all up? Uh, I think I went in there and they all surrounded me and killed me. Gotcha. Uh, so that's a good lesson to learn, too. Yes. Um, but, uh, but eventually, uh, I, uh, I got them all and I opened the gate. Excellent. So the, you mean the fog gate? Uh, no, there's a, there's a gate at the, uh, at the top of the stairs. Gate at the top of the stairs. Right. Wait, the one that you open with the key the guy gives you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that, and then you fight those three guys. Oh, yes. That's right. Uh, and then uh, and then there's that room off to the side where you don't even have to go, but there's like a, a, a harder guy in armor with a shield that you can kind of like practice parrying and backstabbing on. Uh, I don't know if you messed with him at all. I did. I did. I, uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time trying to, uh, trying to get that guy. And, uh, yeah, when I finally did, I was, uh, I was very proud of myself, but, uh, I thought, yeah, I thought he would, uh, I don't know. I thought yeah. he would give me something valuable or, uh, it would, nope. it would lead somewhere, but it did nope. not. He is a sparring partner, essentially. Uh, but he is good. Yeah. I don't know. One thing, the, the bandit knife that you have is, uh, it gets some bonus for backstabs. Uh, and so while I wouldn't worry about parrying, because that, that takes some practice, um, if you get straight up behind a guy and you don't have your, I think you don't have your shield up, I forget, uh, and you attack them, you'll sometimes, you know, you'll get an animation, a backstab animation, uh, where you'll do super damage. Yes. Um, have you, oh, you've gotten that? I've, I have backstabbed a guy before. It's very Excellent. satisfying. They, they, you know, they kind of fall over and, uh. Yeah, I have yeah, that that's that is a good move. Um, so, so then, right? So there's that guy, but really the the main event. Uh, and so let's let's uh, talk about the first boss fight, and then we'll end things there. Uh, okay. The main event is you walk through that second fog gate, and you're overlooking a big boy. Um, did you do the thing that everyone does, where you stand there thinking about it until he jumps up and kills you? Yes. so yeah so the first i think well it takes them a while to appear uh so yeah i I remember walking out there and thinking oh wait this is the this is the room i that i was in here before and then uh and then right when i remembered that uh this is that room that the uh that this uh this this demon was in the right when i remembered he appeared before me oh right oh so you weren't looking down basically because he's, you know, he's he's sitting down there. But right, when you walk in, if you're looking straight forward, you're, you're not going to see him. Yes. Uh, so you were just, you weren't even noticing he was down there below you until no. he jumps up and hammers you. Yeah. Um, Excellent. So, yeah. So he, he was jumping up and I thought, oh, maybe I'm safe up here. Uh, but I wasn't. Yeah. And then, uh, so, so you learned your lesson there. So then you go back there, I, I would assume. Uh, and, uh, yeah, how did, you, how did you, how many times did it take, how many tries did it take you to defeat the big boy? 
Oh gosh, it took it took a long time. I remember uh I remember I thought I could jump on his head. Um mm -hmm. That's a that is a good way to lower his health pretty quick at the beginning. Uh well I was I was thinking more like Shadow of Colossus where I could just kinda hang out on top of his head uh, uh. for the, the whole battle. But uh I kept slipping off. Um <laughs> Uh, it took me a while to figure out there was uh, there was kind of a medium ledge that I could uh, I could jump onto. Um, there is. What do you mean? Well, at first uh, I kind of uh, just uh, went straight ahead and jumped all the way to the bottom and uh, lost a lot of health. Uh, oh yeah. But if uh, if you walk off to the side, there's uh, you know there's a ledge about halfway down that you can jump onto. Really? Then, yeah. I've literally never noticed that. Because, well, okay, here's the thing, because this might come in useful later as well, is that I think there's a message about this, but they right, they tell you, like, and it's a little tricky. If you jump off of something and then hit attack while you're in the air, you will do a diving stab, um, and you will do an enormous amount of damage, and you will not take fall damage if you hit something. Oh, um, okay. And that, uh, and it's funny because I did that on this boss, but I didn't realize until like five hours later in the game, because uh, I had played other AAA games like Uncharted or whatever, that that wasn't a special thing for just this boss. It was a move that is just a move in the game, and you could do on little guys as well as big guys if you're above them, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and that was actually a moment where I really fell in love with the game. Partially was again that that aspect of. Uh, oh, everything here is sort of modal. Everything is within, you know, uh, there's not little special exception type stuff. Um, and it, yeah, the game it also reminded me of sort of is uh, Mario 64 in that way, uh, where, you know, you have this whole extensive moveset from the get-go, uh, and pretty much everything you do in that game is, you know, within that. There's, there's very few little special, you know, cinematic bits. Um, but yeah, because uh, I've always done that stab, I've never noticed that they have a plan B for you, uh, which is this ledge that I'm now going to have to go look for. Um, that's excellent. That's awesome that they have. Like, if you don't figure this out, there's another thing you can figure out that, that totally mitigates the fall damage. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I never I never successfully stabbed them in midair. Uh, I always just jumped down onto this uh, lower ledge. And then... Uh... Uh, yeah, I just uh, tried to hide behind a pillar, and uh, and run away when uh, when he uh, came at me, and uh, yeah, eventually, I got him. How did you? So so I guess one, I mean it's hard with the bandit knife, but it does encourage you at least to get really close up to him, which turns out to be kind of the right strategy. Uh, that's right. Um, so it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I tried to, uh, kind of run around and, uh, yeah, and just kind of stab him in the butt, uh, yep. until, until, uh, until he lost enough health. That is how you, so were you using your shield or did you go two-handed with the knife to do more damage? Uh, uh, I was using my shield. Alright. Um, and you didn't know how to dodge, which definitely makes this even more impressive. Well, I think I think I might. Can you describe dodging? Is that the one where uh, you kind of roll around? Yeah, yeah. Like do yeah. a somersault. Okay, I I in fact I in fact did dodge. The dodge the dodge is the space bar. Um, God, that's amazing. Uh, excellent. So you so you defeated whatever his name is the the big boy demon. Um, can't believe I can't remember and. Uh, and that gives you a bunch of souls, right? So that's your first kind of big payoff. Um, yeah, how do, had you figured out how soul, like the, the whole souls thing up to that point? Had you even noticed like that you were accumulating them by killing things? Uh, I did not notice the, the souls until, uh, until much later in the game when uh, I went to the merchant and he told me that souls were the unit of currency. Ah. Uh, and uh, I looked down and saw that I had no souls. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. So so do you did you do you know about your leaving your blood stain like the green blob? Did you figure out picking that thing up? I forget if it tells you. 
yes, so uh, I did notice that um, uh, that when I respawn at a bonfire, uh, I can visit the place where I died previously, and uh, and I could touch it, and then uh, you know it would say something like revival or retrieval or something. Right. And you didn't know, you, you just assumed, well, that must be good. I don't really get what this is doing, but it ain't hurting me. Yeah. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't until much later in the game that, what, uh, that I figured out what that does. Right. Yep, that is the core loop, probably the, the specific mechanic that has been most uh, influential in, like, just showing up in other games is that, yeah, the soul drop thing of, you know, you've got this thing that's essentially experience points slash gold. Uh, when you die, you, you drop it where you died, more or less. Uh, maybe a little bit back. They're not cruel about it. Like, if you fall in a pit, it's, you know, not in the pit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you have to get back to that uh, and pick it up before you die again, because if you die again, you drop what you have now, and the last one goes away. Uh, and, yeah, it's a very elegant risk-reward mechanic that really defines uh, those games in a lot of ways. Um because by the time you get back to it, you know, you've got more souls now. But you don't want to just retreat. You don't want to just, you know, be a wimp and run back to the bonfire. You want to beat what beat you last time. Right. Um, but, uh, so, so yeah, so you, you defeat, you defeat the big boy, you get the big pilgrim key, you get 2,000 souls, uh, and then you uh, head out the door, uh, and it, it uh, says good job go straight ahead or something which seems like a trap but is actually just like nah just you know um and yeah so tell me tell me about the the end of this experience uh well it was it was great i you know uh even though i'm i'm describing all this to you over the course of one hour uh i probably spent uh you know close to two weeks trying to uh trying to do this <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Oh. Uh, I yeah, like I said, I'm I'm pretty slow at uh, at video games. Um, I uh, I think I mentioned to you I've been uh, playing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy for about twenty years now. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I I I think of the early two thousands as the Babble Fish years uh, because there was one. <laughs> one uh, puzzle in there that was really difficult that I that I spent uh, about three or four years trying to solve. Um, yep. Anyways. That's a... so, You're a yeah, patient man. I'm really slow. Um, I, you know, I don't uh, I don't like uh, cheating or maybe I shouldn't call it cheating but I don't like, uh, you know, looking up hints online. Um, <laughs> but uh uh, but you know, I, uh, you know, I have, I have, uh, I have friends that I talk to and, uh, there's, um, uh, I don't know if you know the cartoonist Angie Wang, but, uh, I've, I've been pestering her for, uh, about the past 10 years, uh, about hints for, uh, for Hitchhiker's <laughs> Guide. Yeah. So basically your, 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 uh, ethical code is like schoolyard. Like as long as someone tells you in kind of a schoolyard rumor kind of way yes that's legit but if you like just go on google and type in how do i do the babble fish that is cheating yes okay that is the exact right attitude to have for this so my i i guess we'll end this yeah my uh thanks everybody for listening i guess if anyone did uh, that's not the point <laughs> of this really uh but if you did that's great uh let's uh thank, thank you. our sponsors uh demon uh, it's one of our sponsors, the comic book Demon. You should go all buy Demon. Uh, you should also, well, you should buy all of Jason's comics, but specifically, actually, Meanwhile, the Choose Your Own Adventure comic that really, you know, that that's how we became friends was in the, uh, whatever, late 90s Fact Sheet 5 days. I sent you a card game zine, and you sent me The Last Supper, which was a fold-out interactive comic, and uh, we were both so delighted to be sent something that wasn't about people's feelings that uh, we became friends. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I would recommend picking up Demon. Uh, this show is also, I don't know, sponsored by Modern Tabletop Literacy, my class in the spring at NYU that right now has got uh, not enough students in it. So if anyone listening to this is NYU, uh, drop your other classes and enroll in Modern Tabletop Literacy. Um, but, uh, oh, right. So, yeah, I'll say my ground rules for this are I'm going to feel free to 
quote-unquote, spoil mechanical things for you, i.e., here's the numbers to worry about on your shield or whatever. Uh, right. Because I don't think that, you know, for some people, figuring that, that uh, stuff out is part of the fun. And if it is for you, feel free to uh, ward me off. But uh, that is certainly the most sort of gratuitously obtuse part of the game. I feel like the other obtuse things about the game are uh, are great. Uh, but yeah, like I'll explain poise next time. Um, and uh, there's no reason you should possibly figure that out on your own. Um, but if you want to, actually, in that stat screen, there's some button you can push where you can cycle through the stats and it will tell you you know, a, a sentence about them. Um, so maybe that's your homework is, you know, at some point go through the stat screen and look at what it says about each thing. And then you can maybe ask me questions about what the hell does that mean? Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I will, I will not spoil anything content related, although I might give you vague hints as to like, you know, well, you might want to look somewhere in this area or whatever. Okay. Um, Excellent. All I right. Think, I think, well, uh, thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Yeah, I think we have done a, a fine job of rambling on about Dark Souls. Uh, okay. And, this is uh, fun, Jesse. Excellent. Yes, I had a great time, and this is uh, yeah, uh, this is primarily an excuse for me to talk to you as Aww. often as possible. Uh, and uh, let's uh, let's we'll talk again. We, we've got a backlog of material because you have already made it to Undeadburg. That's right. Uh, so we can record another oh. episode whenever. Uh, yeah, I think we might. There might. There might end up being like seven episodes on Undead Berg. Yeah, um, no, I do think that, uh, like we were talking about Alex Robinson's Star Wars minute, this could be the Dark Souls yard where we just <laughs> every yard of progress you make is another episode. But uh, but no, I think uh, I think once you you know with your your natural pluck, uh, a controller that actually is uh, made to be played uh, with this game, uh, and uh, my. Uh, my loyal advice that you're going to do great. Okay. Well, all gosh. right. I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to recording more episodes. Excellent. Uh, and yeah. And, uh, if anyone has any questions, I guess, I guess this is a thing you do, right? Uh, you can, uh, I don't know, hit one of us up on Twitter, I guess is probably the best way. I am at Jesse Fuchs and you are, uh, I'm at Jason Chiga. One word. That is, yep. Uh, so yeah, so if people end up listening to this and having questions, I guess we will answer them. Uh, that seems reasonable. All right. uh, but yes, uh, thank you, Jason. And thank you thank all. Thank you, Jason. And uh, talk to you again soon. And uh, I don't have a catchphrase. So keep on listening.